of rose blossoms in perfect timing. And so it feels like everyone in this community is blooming into their fullness in perfect timing, trusting the magic, trusting the timing, trusting the angelic guidance that's always leading you. From To Be Magnetic, this is the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded. Jessica here. Hope you're having a fabulous Friday or whenever you're listening to this, having a fabulous day. I am so excited for today's guest. We have Taylor Page of Angels and Amethyst. Taylor is a dear friend of mine that I met when I first moved to LA. We had a very instant connection. And when I met her, she was working in the television and comedy writing space. Very funny and so good and talented at what she was doing. But I could sense there was something else that she was sort of up to and interested in, had a passion for. And the more we got to know each other, she shared that she was an intuitive and that she's had these gifts of being able to connect to other essences since she was a child. And it's been amazing through the course of our friendship and over the years to have seen her go from being very shadowy about her gifts and this connection that she has to launching her own business around it, reading for people all around the world, doing incredible events. And now this month, she's launching her first workshop ever. So it's so beautiful to see her fully step into herself and her worth. And there's so much that you're going to get out of this episode. So for anyone who's not familiar, she's an intuitive and angel reader. I'll preface it by saying this. When I first heard the term angel or speaking to my angels or getting guidance from my angels, I connected it with a very religious belief system, almost like it had a bad taste in my mouth, even though angel is supposed to be the most like pure, beautiful term. And I really had to kind of sit with, well, why does that term feel strange? And what am I connecting it with? And for me, for a long time, I would call it connecting to my spirit guides. And I still do sometimes interchangeably, but now I feel a bit more comfortable using the term angel. But when we talk about in this episode, connecting to your angels, talking to your spirit guides, you know, it's really about talking to that inner piece of confidence and connection that feels like it's touching the divine. It feels like it's touching another level. It's beyond, you know, explainable words. It's our pings. It's our intuition. And I think our pings and intuition come from a couple different sources. One of those being sort of our spirit guides and angels and one of them being from our higher self. 
But I think when we're connected with that, it's like this true guidance. It's absence of fear in the level of joy. And Taylor goes into how the angelic frequency and why she uses the words angel to connect to is about this frequency of joy. And it keeps reminding me of knowing about the frequencies of emotions and understanding that each emotion literally has a reverberation and frequency. Dr. Laura Berman actually has a fantastic book about this called Quantum Love, and it talks about all the frequencies of things. So when we think about the angel frequency and the frequency of joy, it's really about connecting to that part of us that's not scared, that doesn't have the pain, shame, or programming, and getting the messages and the pings and the inspiration to find those things. So I think you guys will have a lot to take from this episode. And I also think Taylor makes a great distinction between what is fear and what is our pings and intuition and how those messages can come through and what they might sound like. So if you guys are looking for guidance, feeling a little lost, needing more insight from yourself, maybe craft some space this week and tap into your own inner guidance because we all have the ability to tap into our spirit guides, our angels, or our higher self, however you want to call it, and to get that information and to feel connected to something bigger than just what's in front of us in this moment. So I hope you guys enjoy. And before we jump into the episode, I wanted to share a quick mini manifestation story. So I had mentioned a couple of times on the podcast how one of the tests that kept coming up was that I ordered a new iPhone, I had an upgrade, it was for a great deal, and then I kept hitting roadblocks. It you know, was getting sent to the wrong address and then it was getting sent back and communication errors. And at first I was kind of chalking up to Mercury retrograde, but a couple other male things sorted themselves out and this was the only lingering one. And I had a lot of sort of emotional layers and waves that were coming through to me that I knew I needed to really sit down and journal and feel my feelings on. It was almost like this feeling of buzzy anxiety where I just needed a designated few minutes to feel my feelings fully on certain subjects so they could pass. But I wasn't giving myself that. I was too kind of scared to feel my emotions. So I kept going to my numbing behaviors or you know, checking my phone or constantly checking work or whatever it is. I was really avoiding feeling those feelings. And I got a ping, talk about your pings, to sit down and journal on what I was feeling around these certain emotional things. And until I did that, my new phone wasn't coming. And sort of the connection I was piecing together in my mind was I was using my phone a lot to numb from my emotions. So it was almost like the universe saying, you need to sit with your emotions and not get a new phone that you're going to be on even more to numb. You need to sit with your emotions and process them. So over the weekend, I took time and I really journaled. I did some DIs on it. I talked about it with my therapist and got to a place of resolution of just feeling all the things that were coming up and the need to constantly check my phone really dissipated. I was able to call them and it seemed like they sorted everything out, but my fingers were crossed. I was like, ah, we'll see what happens. And Daniel went to go on a hike this afternoon and I was going to go with him and I got the ping, stay here. And I was like, I love going on hikes. Why am I getting the ping to stay here? That doesn't make any sense. And the second Daniel left, I got a knock at the door to sign for my phone. It finally, finally arrived. So it's interesting how we have these pings that are helping to guide what we need to process, what we need to look at in order for us to have the space to allow our manifestation to come through. 
I knew I was worthy of getting the phone and my self-worth was aligned with getting the phone, but it was about, it was almost like an internal block. Like I caused the block from it coming through because I knew I needed to deal with the emotions first. So when you have those mini manifestations, those kind of kismet moments, you may not realize it was about the journaling or it was about the emotional trigger or any of those things, but start to backpedal. You know, phone comes through randomly, What did you do right before? What were the tests leading up to the days before? And how can you navigate them next time? How can you follow those pings stronger next time? And again, this is a mini manifestation, but I think all of it is on the path of our healing and highest self. So I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions, obviously always DM me. I love talking to you guys in the DMs. And yeah, I hope you guys love and enjoy this episode. And Taylor does a really fun reading for the collective to be magnetic and expanded community about what is on the horizon in the next few months for you guys. So be sure to stay tuned to the end to hear that. Enjoy. So excited today, as you guys will hear in my intro, but we have a good friend of mine who I've really had a strong ping to have you on the podcast for so long. We had a podcast episode way back in the day when I had my own podcast and that was so kismet and I just knew there would be a time when we would have you on Expanded because I know you, our community is going to love you so much if they don't already know you and things just really aligned so much so that we texted on an angel number. There's angel wings in the clouds outside right now while we're recording this. It was so meant to be. So welcome, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, it's just been green lights this whole time for this conversation. So I'm super excited. So one thing we kick off with Expanded is by astrologically profiling. So what is your sun, moon and rising sign? Okay, I feel like I'm home because this is like my favorite stuff to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a Scorpio sun and Aries rising and a Sagittarius moon and I have a whole lot of fire in my chart. (laughs) So how do you feel like that presents for you? For someone who might have similar things in their chart, how do you feel like you resonate with each of those aspects? Yeah. So I have a grand fire trine and an eighth house stellium. And so the eighth house is like so shadowy. It's my Scorpio side. It's the darkness, the death, the shadow, the transformation. It's just such a deep well of dark energy that's just ripe for mining and finding power. And all of the fire to me is like lighting up the darkness, finding the creativity, the passion, the light, the intuitive downloads in that dark cave and helping lead people through their own eighth house energy. I love that. And then what about just because I know you do birth chart readings as well, but like, what about your north node sign what do you have that in my north node is such a tricky one because some uh, birth chart softwares will say that it's zero degrees of aquarius and others will say it's 29 degrees of capricorn literally the nodes were exactly in the moment of shifting when i was born but it's interesting because i feel pulled to both of those north node signs but 
when I pull it up in my astrology software, it says it's technically the anoretic degree of Capricorn. The anoretic degree is the 29th and final degree and signifies mastery. So I feel like I've kind of mastered Capricorn energy in in a sense. And now I'm like really working on the light, detached, forward thinking, free Aquarius archetype. And that makes so much sense, just knowing sort of your journey, even with your own intuitive gifts and leaning into those and opening up to all of that. Yeah, I think also a lot of water signs, Scorpio and Cancer especially, can really work on lightness and detachment. So maybe that's where I feel like the Aquarius pull as well. But yeah, it's just astrology is so fascinating. And truly, every time I look at my birth chart, I find something different. After being raised by a mom who sat me down with my birth chart since childhood, I really can always find something new. It's incredible. Yeah. So dive into that a little bit, your cultural background and upbringing, and how did you first become immersed in this work and open up to your own gifts and then move to the phase of being able to do readings for other people? So I was raised culturally Jewish. Well, I had a bat mitzvah as well, but it was kind of just something that I didn't really have a choice over. Sorry, dad. Um, (laughs) And I went to Catholic school as well. And in Catholic school, I took a lot of world religion classes. So I grew up with a lot of religion around me, but my mom was super, super spiritual, super, super spiritual. She would teach me about observing my thoughts and speaking to my guides. And she would tell me that when I was a baby, when I first learned how to talk, I told her, mommy, I used to be floating in the sky around you and I chose you and all of these things. And so, yeah, my mom and I were such soulmates. She was here to help me on this path 1 million percent. She raised me with astrology. So religion for me was not something I ever really resonated with because I always felt like I could just connect on my own to the divine. But I liked the cultural aspect of Judaism. But even now, I'm kind of just more doing my own thing. And when I was a kid, I was like very scared by everything. And I think that's a really common occurrence for people who are deeply intuitive and also people who are called to be healers in some way. I feel like you kind of have to go through your own exploration of the darkness and conquering of your fears to get to a place energetically where you can lead other people. And I think it's interesting because when you're young, lower vibrational energies are more likely to come towards you if you're scared because your fear is like a magnet, like attracts like. And so I got so scared and turned off from anything I couldn't see when I was young. I would literally blast the Jim Dale Harry Potter tapes every night and like keep the (laughs) lights on and just be like, I don't want to (laughs) know. It was really a crazy time. And for as spiritual as my mom was, I just like for some reason didn't talk to her about what was going on. I just thought I wasn't normal and I wasn't sure. And so I just completely tried to close myself off to it. And that led to basically a spiritual blindfold over myself. I picked the wrong relationships. My health was at an all-time low. I was going after jobs that weren't really in alignment with me. And it was because I kept my intuitive gifts 
like my hands tied behind my back with all of that. And it was just finally I got to the point at 25. I think that's like the age I might have met you. Yeah. When I just hit like a rock bottom, everything was really, really tough. And I had no choice but to get back into my intuitive flow because I was just kind of taking blind stabs at life instead of connecting because I was so scared from what I saw when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, it was all very scary stuff like having a nightmare that my grandpa was going to die and then he died two weeks later and, you know, having bad feelings about things and them coming true. And it was just or even just negative entities kind of around my bed. And honestly, with looking back on it, I'm not sure if they were even negative entities or if I was just really scared of the unknown. Who knows? But yeah, so basically I was really purposeful and intentional when I got to that place of taking the spiritual blindfold off. I said, I really only want to work with angels and angelic energy. And I set really strong boundaries and containers for myself. From there, I started giving myself readings. I was gifted a deck of cards pretty early in life and I picked those back up again. It was just like for so long wandering in the desert and I just jumped into water and I remembered how to swim. I was like on a high for like two weeks after I invited my angels and guides back in. It was crazy. And so I started giving myself readings, my best friend at the time and my mom readings. And then I went on a cabin trip with my friends. I think there were six of us and we lit a fire and we played the Game of Thrones soundtrack and I gave all of them readings like back to back. And that was the first time I realized that everyone's angels looked different and felt different to me and how they communicated. And so from there, I just felt so it was so strange because before this, I was an actress. I was a writer. I hit so many dead ends. And I was just feeling uninspired. I wasn't sure if I was staying loyal to a story of who I was that wasn't authentic to me anymore. And then when I got the download to really pursue angel reading, it just was so natural. I felt like I was dancing with life. I gave my friends readings and then I just had a complete vision of I was in a tiny little studio and I sold my couch and with the money from my couch being sold, I was a waitress at the time. I made like a whole reading area in my studio in like that little area of it. And I was so excited and lit up. I was like, I don't need a couch. (laughs) (laughs) And so from there, I would kind of get messages as I went along. And like they kind of would show me like the next step. And the next step was posting on social media, which, by the way, was so scary to me. I had so many witch wounds around being vulnerable and seen and what I do. And I posted like, hey, I'm doing practice readings for the next year. And anyone who wants a reading, I will read for free for you. And word got out. I did a reading for one person. I told another person I did so many free readings that year. And then I started charging like a very small rate. And then I built up. And now, oh, and then I got into a a crystal shop as a reader. And then basically one thing just led to another. And I've been a professional in the space for five years now. (laughs) It's so crazy because even if you think of like the TBM manifestation model of it, you were hitting such a wall with your other career 
movements like you were still really talented in them but in terms of like taking that next step and feeling ease and feeling like things were in true alignment it wasn't really happening and it wasn't until you sort of worked through your your blocks around your witch wounds I love how you say that too and really saying okay am I ready to like take this leap am I ready to take this step can I integrate all of these things and these teachings and then you took it step by step I think so many times people are like okay I'm gonna do this and I'm charging a thousand dollars a pop you had to expand yourself along the way you had to see for yourself you had to see to believe okay I'm going to do a bunch of free readings and see, you know, grow confidence in my skill set. And once you grow confidence and you're like, okay, people are coming back, they're wanting more readings, they're saying it resonates. I'm learning a skill set in understanding how to speak to all of these different entities and what the angels look like in different forms. You're becoming an expert in that space. Then it made sense that you would naturally grow and grow and grow and grow because you're seeing the work pay off in that sense, which I think is helpful for anyone in the, uh, you know, who's running their own business or has their own brand, like seeing that it can be a step-by-step process, but also ease filled at the same time. And so joyful. Angels always say, follow your joy. And if I'm honest with myself, acting and writing wasn't really my joy anymore. It's what I was convincing myself my joy was. And I feel like especially for us fixed signs, like it can be so easy to be like, this is the thing I told myself I am. And this is me forever. It's interesting, because going back to what you just said, there's this principle in like the witchy world, the astrology world that I'm sure most people are familiar with that it's as above, so below, as within, as without or so without. And that's called the, I think the hermetic principle of correspondences. And it's like so true. And it's why I'm such a fan of TBM. And like I've read for so many TBM community members and you guys are so smart and healed and self-aware. And it's so true that instead of just kind of starting out and being like, okay, $1,000 for a reading, which I still don't charge (laughs) and probably never will. (laughs) Instead of just doing that, it's almost like I had to do the work inside and then kind of throw it out there to see what the world was reflecting back to me and then come back to the drawing board and do some more work and then seeing how the world was responding. And it's like a constant process of that as within, so without evolution. Absolutely. So for everyone who's like, okay, what's an angel reading? What does it look like to communicate angels? And then maybe even give us a breakdown of your specific gifts, like what comes through to you? And how does it come through for you? In an angel reading with me, I connect with the angelic energy around you. It's really common for people to be like, who are my angels? And angels are a form of frequency and energy from the angelic realm that are not restricted by physical form or name or labels like us. Even the word angel is kind of limiting. They're truly ineffable. But angel is the closest vibrational match that we could come up with or I could come up with. So in a reading, I connect to that energy around you. They're all about honoring your free will. So in a reading with me, it's less like 10 years from now, this is going to happen on a dark and stormy night. And it's more like, hey, how can I help you in this very moment connect to your path of highest good? And if future information does come up in the session, you always have the power to 
take it with an asterisk next to it that says, if nothing changes, because you can change your life in every single minute, every single second, with every single thought. So yeah, in a reading with me, my main clairs are feeling, knowing, and seeing, sometimes hearing. And it's a mixture of cards and no cards. And I, my favorite thing is when I say a prayer out loud with you guys, and then your angels come flooding in and I feel their love around you. It's the most beautiful moment. And so, yeah, I feel your angels. I can help you get their guidance. And it's just such a beautiful experience. I'm so grateful to be trusted in the space with this work. And you can really ask anything, any, anything. Yeah, I draw cards, I get other messages, and it's just a very beautiful, loving, joyful experience that has no room for judgment, shame, fear, guilt, nothing like that. Angels are really, truly all love. So what is it, I'm trying to think too, like in terms of, does everyone get a certain number of angels? Do different angels have certain people in the human form that they kind of look after? Do people have access to their angels 24 seven? Because one thing we talk a lot about in the community is like getting pings or downloads, Mm, like go here now, check on this. And they're always in the sense of a grounded, warm feeling. It's never a fear base. Like you're going to be in danger if, you know, it's never like a scary, threatening thing. It's more of just a quiet confidence. And I feel like a lot of times pings could be messages coming through from your angels. So what does that whole essence look like? I know I'm like really trying to put it into human terms and it's so beyond. (laughs) No, no, I really love this question. And it's so beautiful. First of all, I feel like TBM is so angelic, so in line with angelic teachings and principles. I feel Lacey is so angelic too. And of course you're so angelic. Um, And yeah, so basically when you get your pings, okay, let me rewind. So when you work with angels, again, their main thing is honoring your free will. And it is really important for you to invite them in. And you can even say like, angels, please co-create and help me get my pings. Like, please work with me here as I'm doing this TBM work. You can create a whole catalog of signs with them, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much to say about that. But in terms of actually quantifying angelic energy around you, it's really interesting because everyone has their own angels who are with them. They are truly a reflection of our higher self. When I feel people's angels, like some are more childlike and free, and that's a representation of that person when they're living their highest, most authentic, lit up life. There are some angels that are more like badass and protective and serious, and that's like their person's lit up most highest self. And so everyone's angels are truly messengers and working with our highest self and our soul. And it's really hard for our human brains to conceive of. I was walking one time and there were these blooming honeysuckle bunches all around me, thousands and thousands and thousands. And I said, like, angels, how many of you are there with me? And they're like more than the honeysuckles on this branch. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, it gives me chills, but thinking about it in this, personified anthropomorphized way that like some religions think of God and stuff is very different than what's come through when I think of and connect with angelic energy. It's really a frequency of energy around us 
when I tapped into like angels, where are you from? Where's the angelic realm? I saw a quick flash of like an inverted black hole. And then it was like way too much for my mind to even understand. (laughs) Wow. So do you, and I, I know you'll talk to your angels and like ask them their names or ask them almost like their history or their story kind of is right. Like there's different ways to connect with them on that level. Yeah. So they will give us names or take a form or a color or whatever to help us better understand them. But they're really like oneness with angelic energy. But if they're like, okay, we understand this concept is too out there and macro for you to latch onto and feel connected and safe with, you know, you can call me this or call me that or think of me in the form of a butterfly or whatever it is. Everyone's angels are different. It's really interesting too, because as a person who specializes in birth chart astrology, birth chart readings and angel readings, I see so many synchronicities between people's birth charts and the way their angels come through even in the terms of connecting with their angels. If you like have a lot of water in your chart, they're like, take a bath, you know, we'll come to you in the bath or do some fire magic. If you have a fire in your chart, then like light a candle and meditate or go for grounding walks. If you have earth and like call them in then, or if you're an air sign, move and dance and be free and feel the wind in your hair and let that be an active meditation or whatever it is, or writing is really good for people with a lot of air in their chart. And so, yeah, it's just so, so cool. I'm always learning more about it. One last thing I wanted to say of why the reason I think TBM is so connected with the angelic realm is because the angels are all about free will. And if you're doing the TBM work, you're literally making a free will decision to listen to downloads, to connect on your path of highest good, to heal your shadows that are so loud and scream over angelic guidance. And I just see so many parallels. It's beautiful. I think it's so cool and so comforting. I grew up going to church, but like didn't really resonate with it and have over the years, like grown a different understanding and connection similar to like kind of your journey moving from Judaism to like a different interpretation of things and kind of creating your own. But I, I love this idea that, you know, we're always in co-creation with call it universe, call it God, like whatever feels right for you, but this other source and the angels are another entity of just pure love and highest good and being able to tap into them for guidance gives so much peace and comfort because I think being a human and being in the human form can sometimes feel overwhelming. There's so many emotions. There's so many things to move through. There's so like things are black and white and in between and there's hard motions and joyful motions. And how do you navigate all of it? And we also, you know, there's so much trust and surrender of just being a human, not knowing really where we came from and where we're going, but it's this faith and understanding and feeling of it. And everyone kind of interprets what that looks like to them differently. But having that guidance of an angelic realm to say, we're with you, you're not alone. You know, we're going to give you feelings of joy when you are on that aligned path for you in this lifetime. Yeah, it's so comforting. And I think it's something that looks different in a lot of different cultures throughout different time periods. But I feel like 
in this moment, we're part of this mass awakening and moving into this new age of humanity. It feels super important to remember our that connection is our birthright and that even though these tools may not be super valued or in the forefront of the collective consciousness in a patriarchal capitalistic society, it doesn't mean that this isn't available to us or that every single person has the ability to connect or that it also just hasn't always been there for us because it really has. And it's super beautiful. What does it feel like for someone when they are connecting with their angels? Like how will they feel somatically? I know it looks different for everyone, but I remember one thing that you said the first time we had recorded was about the idea that they speak to you in your voice. Yeah. So what are some other things to kind of look for and to think of? Yeah. So for that specific one of speaking to you in your voice, that's like audience, and that's the psychic hearing. And it does sound like your voice, but it's normally in second person. Like you've got this, you are enough, whatever that is. And I found that angelic connection with audience is like, a less is more approach. Your angels aren't out here speaking English very often being like, yeah, and then they said this and then that's going to happen. Like, it's not that it's normally like trust or you are loved. It's like very simple things like that. But people and myself included overwhelmingly feel their angels around them. That's the first Claire to develop for most people is clairsentience, which is feeling. So once you invite your angels in out loud, I invite you to just breathe and notice. Some people are even brought to tears with the sense of unconditional love that they feel. Sometimes you see colors around you. Sometimes you feel just this warm, tingling, loving sensation in your body. I feel it in my face. I feel it sometimes a tingling on top of my head, like radiating down. Sometimes I feel my hands being held or like warmth in my hands. Sometimes you can see something in your mind's eye when you call them in. If you don't see or feel something right away, just have patience with yourself. We all have different levels of experience and blocks and different relationships to this work. But if you make the commitment to call your angels in and also remember that communication is a two-way street, you can also ask for specific things or tell your angels things as well that you will start to feel so supported, so loved, so held. And it's really going to look different for everyone. But the common theme is no fear, unconditional love, and very gentle healing guidance. With angels especially, and something that I love about angelic connection is that there's no rules. (laughs) There's no like, are my angels going to be mad at me if I don't do this right or this? It's There's none of that. There's no fear. It's only unconditional love. Their vibration doesn't even have the capacity to feel those human emotions that we feel. So yeah, it's it's really beautiful how tailored of an experience it is to each soul and what their connection with their angels looks like. Even when you were saying that, I was like, okay, angels, I invite you in. And I created like a little mantra with them a long time ago 
because I didn't, I, you know, I really started having a conversation with them and welcoming them in more so when I was learning from you about what this looks like and how to navigate this and that I can lean on them for support in times when like intense fear comes up and talking to them. And one thing, you know, because I'm so heady and practical and Capricorn, I was like, when it's you, I need to know, like, you have to give me some sort of sentence that's like your intro card. So whenever my angels come up, they'll say you're safe, loved and protected. And then they'll say whatever they need to say. And it's funny because I I forgot I wrote it on a post-it note and I'm finding it on the corner of my desk right now as we're doing of this. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And, and for each person, you know, you don't always have to just be this yin receptive energy with your angels. Just like you said, you can ask them for specific things like, please show me a butterfly to know that you're around me or whatever it is. And you can ask them for things too, so that you feel more comfortable. And as you grow in your connection with the angelic realm, you'll know right away what's coming through, what's for you. And it gets easier and easier, just like any relationship. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. What were some of the ways that you moved through your witch wound and were able to open up to this work and trust? What were some examples of situations where you were like, this is so undeniable, I need to lean into this more? There's so much around this. I carried so much pain for so long around this. I mean, even the fact that I'm on Instagram and doing this podcast with you, like it feels like the exact medicine that I need in this lifetime is like sharing this. I've had vivid past life memories of not to be too graphic, but being killed. I won't even go into it. And when I would watch 
any movie, any show with like witch trials in it or things like that, I would just burst into tears. And ever since I was a kid, which actually I've healed this in myself, I'm not weird about it now. If people would touch my neck or like I had an abusive ex who like grabbed my neck one time and like I lost it themes of like neck and anything around my neck really not not okay so that was just like the actual physical response but I also just had so much fear it was almost like an instinct inside of myself said do not under any circumstance tell these people what you know do not and I felt so unsafe so scared I literally thought people were gonna like find me and like I don't know what they're gonna do but I was very scared when I first got invited onto my first podcast it was after my year of doing free readings I went and did a podcast and I almost didn't walk in the door. I was sitting in my car, shaking, not sure if I could do it. And somehow I mustered the strength, but it literally took me until this year to even tell strangers when they ask me what I do, because I was so scared of judgment and persecution. But you know what? I realized that this is part of that as within, so without healing of kind of healing myself and then watching my life before me go with more ease and more opportunity. And once I started, and my fiance has helped me with this so much. He's like, you need to tell everyone what you do. Like, let's make an elevator pitch. You're, you're so great. At, he's helped me and healed me so much. But I basically got to a point where I realized that if I'm scared to tell you what I do, or if I feel judged around you for what I do, or if I'm made to feel any less than from what I do and me telling you, then you're clearly not meant to be a close person in my life. And that's totally fine. And the root of it was also connected to a wound around wanting just everyone to like me because I was bullied as a kid. And so once I realized that, and I healed that, and I started getting out of my comfort zone and just telling people, not one person has been weird about it. Every single person has been so kind and interested and generous and receptive and completely a way that I was just blocking myself. And as I healed that, which was definitely a part of the witch wound, it has 100% opened up new doors and avenues for me in this path. It's really cool. That is so powerful too, because we say this a lot with doing the energetic boundary work, you know, you really, besides even just setting the verbal boundary or actionable boundary, which is important, if you don't do the subconscious work to really feel safe in yourself and in your body and in your worth before setting that and knowing, okay, this person may push up against it, but it doesn't mean I'm any less than, or I deserve any less than, or that I should shrink in any way, shape or form. Once you can do that internal work, the thing you were fearing diminishes or doesn't show up at all because yeah. now you don't you don't need to heal that anymore. That's already healed within you. So you don't need that reflection, which is so crazy to think about. I know. It's so freeing too. And I just realized, you know, why would I allow other people's projections or their own wounds to stop me in my tracks or make me feel anything less than? And Once I had that realization and started pushing past that, yeah, like you said, it was just so, the lesson didn't need to be taught anymore. (laughs) How do you know when you're facing like the fear you were feeling in the car before going in? 
how do you discern, and you have a really good Instagram post on this and we'll link it too, but discern between those fear voices that might be so ingrained in our neural patterning and architecture from the intuitive messages that says you're safe and you can move forward. So fear is the best liar in the game. Fear is the best liar in the game. And one of the ways that you can just catch it in its lie right away is when it takes you out of the now. When it either is like, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, future, future, future. Or it's like, remember how this happened? Remember how that happened? Past, past, past. But it's hard to lie to you in the now because you're right here seeing everything. So intuition is like, you're safe. Do this right now. You know, move forward in this way. And fear is like, oh, be really scared because this could happen. That could happen. It happened before. And so that's like a main way to see fear versus intuition. Fear stirs up your insecurities and intuition calms them. Fear is so loud. Fear is so loud. It's like you're lying awake at night with all these fearful things. Whereas intuition, you need to make practice and sacred space and be intentional to hear it and connect with it. So there's so many ways, but mostly fear is lying and fear is preying on your worst insecurities and shadows and past experiences and trying to pretend like it's a premonition and your angels, your guides, your own intuition, your higher self is calm, quiet, loving, solution oriented, forward moving and rooted in the now. That's so good. That's so helpful. And I really love even the example of, is it freaking out about something that's going to happen or something that did happen? Or is it in the present? Right there, boom, you can discern between the two so easily. Totally. And and I like to call that fearful voice the inner villain. And my angels have told me that each part of us has a purpose. And that fearful voice is almost a coach for our soul. It's like showing us exactly where we need to heal and up level and grow in kind of like a tough love coach way. Like, oh yeah, that's going to happen. This is going to happen. And you have to be like, no, like I'm stronger. I'm healed. I've learned this lesson. But I've nicknamed that voice the inner villain because it's so convincing to us in our heads to be like, I'm not enough, I guess. Like whatever that voice is saying, which I'm not enough was like, or I'm unlovable was like one of the ones that I worked through after being single for a really long time and bullied and lots of stuff back there. But those were my big things. And then I realized if I say this in a Dr. Evil voice, pinky finger to lips and all, you are not enough or whatever. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. These thoughts have so much power when they're in our head, you know, co-creating with our deepest insecurities and fears. But if you actually say them out loud in a like Disney mega villain voice, you'll realize how silly they sound. And that's part of this is just getting it out of you. In the magic tradition, they say, if you name a thing, it gives you power over it. And that's why a lot of people wouldn't want to give their name because it felt like you were giving some power to people if they knew your name. And so this is like a similar concept of naming something is the first step to having power over expelling it or healing it or whatever. What about when people have intense moments? And I'm sure over 2020, it's been heightened. I feel like we're really at the, I know everyone keeps saying this, but it feels like such a transformational period. It feels like the veils between things are 
sort of lifting and we're kind of getting to see the truth of, of situations and things and understanding what works in our life and what doesn't and what doesn't becomes glaringly obvious and we cannot avoid it anymore. For someone who is in a state of fear, they're really scared about their next step. They're kind of dog paddling, desperation energy to whatever they want next. What would be your tip on how to connect to the angelic realm or how to connect to their angels to try to not remove the fear, but just move it to a place where they can actually process it instead of allowing it to like overcome them? Well, it's really hard to connect with your angels when you're in a state of fear because one of the most common things that I feel is people's angels and readings will be like, we have been sending them messages, but the fear is speaking over it. And you will be getting messages, you will be getting signs. But instead, there's like this orientation towards what you notice to be a confirmation of your fears instead of the angelic messages. And so if you're in a state of major, major fear, I think that that is not a place to try to do any type of reading from because it will just attract more fear. It's not a good headspace to be in. So I would really say that's a time to really create energetic containers and call in your angels and ask them to support you, ask them to show you which direction you go in to need to heal. But I think that fear, as much as it is a liar, it's also a messenger and it's really showing us where we still need to heal. And I often find that if we feel stuck, if we feel heavy, if we feel out of alignment, if we feel fearful, those are messages in themselves. Messages aren't always like, you know, I saw this billboard and it was telling me to go here. So I went there and then I met this person. It's like those things happen. But sometimes, and it's very common, to be like, I'm not feeling lit up. I'm not feeling forward moving. I'm feeling fearful. And that's a clear message in itself that something needs to be released. Something needs to be listened to. Something needs to be healed. And I recommend TBM work to so many of the people that come to me that are dealing with this because it's like facing those shadows, going deep into the darkness and confronting those fears is really going to be the way that the outside world reflects back to you a story that is healed and different than what's being experienced with all the fear. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's almost like you have to acknowledge that fear and say, okay, what are you here to tell me? How are you here to serve me? I keep avoiding you, you know, by running away from you and trying to fill the space. But like, what why are you present and what do I need to listen to about your presence? And I think on like a physical level, it's really interesting because there are these little hacks energetically that you can do to connect to your angels more. So if you're in a state of fear, that's like the exact opposite of angelic energy and it will be hard to kind of feel a genuine connection to their messages and like really have it resonate for you. So sometimes you just have to do a little hack. Like for example, force yourself to start laughing. And it like sounds like the craziest thing ever. But if you can just force yourself to start laughing, you'll actually start laughing and it will automatically uplift your energy and give you a better chance at connecting with your angels. You know, sometimes if you're like very scared of doing something, 
forcing yourself to just do the thing, moving through it, or just even moving in your physical body, anything to get you through those emotions and kind of at a higher place will make it easier for you to connect with your angels. But, you know, healing in this work doesn't always have to be so cerebral and analytical. Sometimes you just need to go into nature or jump into the ocean or do a dance or whatever it is. But Whatever it is, that can automatically help you transcend to a place that will see things from a different perspective and be more helpful to connect with your angels and your guides and every everything out there to help you. I love that. I think that's such helpful advice for everyone going through that because it's so easy and actionable to tap into, even though we forget. It's at our fingertips at any moment. Yeah, totally. When you're giving a reading, what does that feel like? Try to describe for anyone who's like, I don't understand. Like, what does that mean? You know, you have it coming through in so many different senses, but how does that present and how do the messages sort of come through? Yeah, no one has ever asked me this before. I love this question. (laughs) So yeah, when you're giving a reading, it's so funny because part of the witch wound for many years was absolutely debilitating fear before every single reading, which was exhausting. And all of the fears would be like, what if nothing comes through? What if this doesn't happen? Then I would start the reading and it would be like the best feeling ever. And it would like, I would just see that those fears lied to me every time. And it took me many years of being a professional in this work to overcome that. So I want anyone out there to know if you're on this path that it's super normal and a part of your own healing. But once I got past those fears and where I am now as a reader, it's the best feeling in the world, especially my Scorpio self. I love to go deep. Surface level stuff is just so boring to me. And so it's like everyone that sits with me, I set the intention that they're the love of my life for that reading. They are the love of my life while I'm reading for them. And I come into it and it's already such a container of love and well wishes. And as soon as we start breathing, I lead them through a little guided meditation. We say a prayer as soon as the prayer. Actually, that's not true because sometimes people's angels are so excited that I feel them like peeking around like a little bit before the <laughs> before the prayer. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Or sometimes while we're doing the guided meditation, messages like start trying to come through already. But basically, as soon as I say the prayer, get into that space with someone and they invite their angels in, it is a feeling of unconditional joy, love, abundance, like magic. Um, It's so hard to put English words on the feelings of the angelic realm because there are some feelings that haven't even been named in English, but it's like the most magical, fizzy. It's like I see this golden sparkly light around. It's just so warm. And from there, I personally am an empathetic medium, meaning I feel everything so deeply. So I'll start to sometimes feel people's bodies like they're my body. I can tell them where I'm feeling blocked energy or get different messages that way. Their angels will start showing me images. And sometimes it's like a game of Pictionary with clairvoyance. You're like, okay, I'm seeing like a new house. Are you moving? Uh, And they're like, yep, I'm moving. It's like, okay, uh, then this is happening. And I start to get messages like that. Sometimes people's past loved ones will come through. Not always, but that's always really beautiful. Pets sometimes come through. It's like such a beautiful angelic container. 
yeah, it just feels like pure love. And then for the card portion, I, I don't know if I know any other readers that are like this, but I get messages through my actual physical hands. I feel the vibration of each card differently. And so it takes me a little moment to actually draw the cards because I feel my way through them. It's almost like each card has a different level magnet to me. And I'm like, no, that's not strong enough. That's not strong. Whoa, I'm getting pulled over here. Okay. And then as my hand reaches the card that's meant to be pulled, it's like, woo, fireworks, magnetic energy. It's interesting. I have a course coming up where I'm going to teach more about this. But basically, it's not just about what is on the card that I pulled. It's also like the context of what I felt around it when I pulled it. And so I'm like a very unique approach. I'm self-taught in all of this. And basically, as I'm going through and feeling the card, I feel the energy of what they're asking about, whether it's fast or whether it's slow or whether it's heavy or joyful or sad or happy. I feel that as I'm feeling through the cards. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but the cards are speaking their own language to me. <laughs> Those are really the feelings involved. And it's so fun. Like I love what I do so much. And people ask me like, is it exhausting? Is it draining? And the angelic connection is not draining. It's so energizing. But what can be draining is the concentration, <laughs> staying super concentrated and also holding space for some people going through really heavy things. It's like my favorite thing to do. I can hold space through like really heavy things. I've seen it all, but it does also as an empath, I have to kind of limit it per day. How do you clear between sessions? You've said even since you were a kid, like messages would come through. How do you create boundaries with what messages come through when, you know, I think people hear stories of psychics that like go in public and then they get a million messages for everyone they pass on the street and they're overwhelmed and they like feel compelled to go talk to everyone. How do you create boundaries so that doesn't happen for you? That used to happen to me too. And when I was a waitress, I'd be like, the people at that table are dealing with this and this is going on with that. And it like didn't feel ethical to me to like know all of that. And I didn't want to know all of it, but I was just so out of my power. So basically now I light a candle and when the candle is on, let's go. We're in business. Come through with the messages. I'm here. And when the candle is off, please give me boundaries and space. <laughs> and so that candle is super important, especially, like I said, all the fire in my chart. Working with fire is really important to me and helps connect me to the divine. Other than that, I spend so much of my day in sessions and meditation, creating content, working with the angels that I'm already in a different space than I was than when I was so closed off and it was like bursting at the seams to come in. You know, like if you give your angels, a sacred space and a reliable connection, it isn't out of balance anymore. But when we're walking around with our spiritual blindfolds on or not believing in it or not listening, that's when it's like bursting to come out of you. But you can totally just make energetic laws and containers however you want. Like, I, I don't want to get messages if I'm not in this space or if I haven't meditated and I'm sitting in here or my candle isn't lit or I saw there is this like psychic lady who had a TV show Lisa Williams maybe when she had her hat on it was like you can't come to me when I have my hat on so like <laughs> there can be anything you know it can be like when I'm wearing this bracelet it means that I just 
I want to connect with you. And when I'm not wearing this bracelet, it means I'm just living a normal life in a human body. So yeah, I think that as you get used to this work too, it's not so affronting when things come through. You're just like, yep, that's my angels. I talk to them every day. You kind of have a different relationship to it. But between sessions, I do use ethically sourced Palo Santo. Something about it just really helps relax me. And I also, you know, blow out the candle and I always say, thank you so much, angels. I always end with gratitude. You, I remember you describing before, you know, like if you read for someone, do their angels come back to like tell you more insights to share with them after the reading or something like that? And you kind of described how when you go into a reading, it's like this sort of trifecta between your angels, their angels, and you and the person you're reading for, where you all connect together in that space. And then once the reading's done, the connection's dissolved and broken. So like, it's not like they're going to come back and chase you around all day to give you notes. It's like you're in that session while you're there. And then when it's done, it's done. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think if anything, sometimes at the end of each session, I text people the cards that I pulled for them. So they have them. And sometimes when I'm doing that, it's like, oh, yep. Their angels be like, don't forget this. I'm like, oh, yeah, because we're still kind of in that special space. We're both still thinking about it. We just ended the session. But as soon as that text is done, we're both kind of moved on with our days. I'm not over here with your angels being like, tell this, tell that. By then they're already back to you, back to that relationship and sending you messages. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And the other thing that's so fascinating is the feeling, the sensation of the body. I remember one of the times when you did a reading for me, you were like, what's going on with your right ear? Do you have an ear infection or like what's up? And I had a infected earring and it had like just gotten infected that day and it was like pulsing, but like you couldn't see anything, you know, you just like had immediately felt into it and you were like, make sure that's cleaned up and taken care of because it could get worse. And I was like, yeah, whoa, (laughs) that is crazy. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, my eyes are like almost closed the whole time. So I like definitely didn't see anything on your ear. But also, I just remember your angels were like talking to me, but I kept getting distracted by your ear. And I was like, is there something going on with your ear? Because it's really (laughs) distracting me. (laughs) It's so, so cool that you have this ability and so special that you have this gift because I think so many people, so many people need help connecting to that other angelic realm and to really feel so supported and loved and seen in such a big way. Yeah, I think that right now is a super important moment for angelic connection. And I have seen so much more traction and like people connecting with their angels. And I don't know, I feel really positive about it. I think people are more spiritually open than ever in some ways. And it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. And it's nice having tools like social media where It does feel like such an energy suck sometimes, but the fact that you can spread this sort of information and share insights and teachings, we never had that before. We didn't have that option. So it's so beautiful how quickly and how internationally that information can can move. And that has been a huge part of my journey the pandemic changed everything because I used to do readings only in person. Like I would do a random FaceTime here or there. But since the pandemic, I went all virtual. And 
that really pushed me too. a lot of fears came up like can I even feel people when they're that far away it's like I'm feeling the headache of someone in Australia right now (laughs) it's really cool because it just is more proof that magic can happen through technology and that we're all one and that everything is just energy and we're so much more connected than we think so exciting okay so Taylor agreed to do a little angel reading message. You have amazing angel reading messages, usually weekly on your page, your your Monday angel message. And I love them. You utilize the cards. Everyone make sure to go check out her Instagram for that. I know for me, it is spot on every single week. It is <laughs> insane. But to do a card reading for the To Be Magnetic community and the expanded podcast community. So we get a little hit of intuition to see what is kind of guiding us and and what messages come through for our collective community. Yes, that is so exciting. And so everyone listening will just join me in taking a couple deep breaths. And I'm going to recite a little prayer I like to say before I do any type of reading, which is angels, ancestors, guides, Please guide me with your divine, unconditional love on my path of highest good. And now I'm just going to shuffle the cards and feel my way through them, like I said, and then pull one and share it with you guys. Okay, so basically as I was shuffling and I closed my eyes, I saw this beautiful flower opening up. And it seems like the people in this community are in this moment now of blooming, blooming into themselves in deeper ways than they have ever bloomed. And it's interesting because I feel like there is so much opportunity for growth, so much newness, but that it might come in ways that weren't expected. And in like, there's this new version of yourself that is really time to take account of how you're feeling in this moment. I see so much Phoenix energy of these past tests and trials and tribulations and like really tough times of shedding the ashes. And I feel like you're in this moment now that's so fertile for newness and creation and expansion. And your angels are really saying, leave room for miracles. Don't over plan things because there is this sense that life might work out in a way even more beautiful than you could imagine for yourself. And I'm seeing that now is this moment of coming even deeper into the beauty of yourself and your life. It's really interesting because I pulled the prison wave card out of my deck which is the card of self-sabotage and poverty consciousness. And it feels like now is this moment where it's time to fully let yourself out of any cages that you're keeping yourself in. Finally, you're realizing that you have wings and the top of this cage has been open and there's nothing that you can't do. And this like springtime is going to be so much about new life, new love, and really letting your light shine and be seen and to really look at any type of poverty consciousness in any area of your life that might be trying to keep you small because right now the momentum is behind you to fully, fully pop off and bloom and attract. And there's just so much beauty coming your way. And the only thing that can get in the way of it is your own limited thinking or blocks. So let that Phoenix energy fully, fully take over and you've integrated so much. And now is the time to enjoy all the work that you've done. Oh, 
I'm like tearing up. That's oh. so, <laughs> so, I mean, at least for me, I'm sure for you guys, it'll resonate as well. Especially the part where you were saying, you know, release the control and the planning of everything because it can be so much more magical than you even know. Leave room for miracles, you know, whether you're trying to control how you do the TBM work or trying to control passing every single test in a very specific way or... For me, it's like controlling my schedule and planning a wedding in this next year and releasing what that looks like and making sure to honor my needs. There's a lot of, okay, but what if it's beyond what you're trying to like have every single day on the calendar feel, (laughs) you know, aligned? Totally. And I, I see this image so clearly of this like delicate rose blossoming and opening up and like you can't force the petals. You can't force yourself to be like, I'm going to pull myself through like a rose blossoms in perfect timing. And so it feels like everyone in this community is blooming into their fullness and perfect timing and to co-create with that. And to also there's an element of like trusting the magic, trusting the timing, trusting the angelic guidance that's always leading you. I love that. And I think one big message for everyone listening to is just that the healing journey and overcoming these blocks and overcoming the programming and all these things, these beliefs that are holding us back in so many ways, the whole process doesn't have to feel so heavy. We can tap into our joy at any moment and connecting with your angels and connecting with your spirit guides is such a strong way of remembering that joy. Just like you were saying in the beginning, they're mantra, their energy is joy. So we can access that at any time. Yeah, totally. And I feel like the more healing of the shadows and doing that deep work, that heavy work, it gives us even a greater capacity for joy too. It feels so connected. Oh, thank you so much, Taylor. This was so beautiful. Where can everyone find you, connect with you, sign up for your workshop? Tell us about that. I am so excited. Everyone's going to go nuts after this. (laughs) I'm so excited. So the best place to connect with me is on Instagram. I'm at angels underscore and underscore amethyst. There's about 1 million fake accounts of me. (laughs) I'm the one with like I don't know how many followers I have, like 17,000 ish. So yeah, I'm that account. And don't trust anyone who DMs you about being a beloved person that a message of the divine is coming through. I'm not going to message you. Okay. So, but Instagram is the best place. My website is angelsandamethyst.com. And by the time you're hearing this, Saturday, the 19th will be my first class of my angelic connection, be your own angelic intuitive workshop. Week one is all things angels, angel numbers, how to connect with angels, what are angels, signs and synchronicity, connecting with your angels. Week two is all about learning about oracle card reading and giving yourself your own readings. And then week three is like advanced reading technique, reading for others, reading for family and friends, anything to know about that. So it's going to be a super beautiful workshop. And for podcast listeners, I'm offering, you don't even have to say a code. You can just DM me and say, or email me and say, I found you from the podcast and I'll give you $33 off. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So for the workshop, can people, is it a live format or can they purchase after you already launch? How does that work? 
Oh, thank you for asking this. So yes, it is live. I do have live classes, but they all will be available and recorded as well. And if you can't make the live, you can always send me the questions that you would have asked during the Q&A. They're 75 minute workshops and the last 30 minutes is a Q&A. And if you can't make it live, then I'll answer your question during that time period. Amazing. I think this is so powerful and such the next level, especially for your brand too, because it's really about that connection with the angels yourself and giving yourself that autonomy. And this is going to help people so, so much understanding that. Thank you. It's honestly crazy how supported this path has felt. This was just the next thing that kind of worked out magically and just felt right. And yeah, thank you for saying that. It's just been really cool being your friend for so long because both of us were like at the early stages of figuring out what was for us in this next chapter. And it's just been really beautiful watching you expand so much too. Absolutely. Yeah. It was so funny because we met at a time where We were in old relationships that we were evolving out of and trying to find all of that. And we have grown so much. And we knew pretty much instantly upon meeting that we had such a connection. And we're like, we're going to still be connected (laughs) past these relationships and (laughs) onto the next and the growth and all of that. And so it's been such a beautiful journey and so awesome seeing you grow and really blossom into your full authentic self as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really love this conversation. I just feel like you have such a gift for asking the right questions and co-creating and going deep. It's just, I love our conversations always. I know. I feel like we could talk forever. We'll have to have you on again for more stuff. So fun. (laughs) I am down. All right. Thanks guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have 
especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the Ys, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.